1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Bust and loose baseball. Hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. Gives you in-depth analytics. And interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host. Grant Paulson, and Toby Altizer.
1: Yeah, so Toby, you mentioned you want to get into those guys. That's a good transition and a good point by Darius. Let's start with Morales. He made two spectacular defensive plays. Mm -hmm. The first was kind of a a lunging, diving, Zimmerman-esque, like going toward the line, hopping up, making the long throw. Beautiful play by the giant third baseman. And it'll take you back how big he is, 6'4", 225. He has the look more of like a you know, corner outfielder or a first baseman, but he obviously moves really well and can play the third base spot. And then we saw later in the game, there was a rocket hit at him on a hop, and he made a really nice play to stab it, and in one motion, kind of moves forward. There was a guy at third coming back to the bag because he knew he'd be thrown out if he went home. And as he's coming back to the bag, Yo-Yo Morales reaches out with the glove and literally just like slaps him across the head with the glove <laughs> as he's coming back to the bag. And then almost like an underarm or like, a, uh, you know, Chad Bradford from the Rays back in the day, just kind of flips the ball all the way across the infield with some juice. He made two really nice defensive plays. Uh swung the bat, had a good at bat, had drew a walk in that seven run ninth inning as well. He's nine for his first 27 as a pro. He's really hit well in Fredericksburg, driven in seven runs. He's already got a couple of doubles. I think he's got three doubles and a triple in eight games as a pro. So he's slugging high. The OPS to start in a very small sample is nine forty. But you know, the question's gonna be swing and miss. Can he make contact? Is he gonna get the ball uh barreled? Is he going to Avoid striking out because if he is, he's going to be a pretty good baseball player. He's going to hit for a ton of power, and I don't take a lot out of results mm-hmm. through eight games. But like one of two things could happen: either he's going to be swinging and missing and striking out, or he's not. And we've said a few times like the SEC level is at the very minimum on par with Fredericksburg. I would say it's better than that. It's probably more on par with like Wilmington at A plus. He's not in the SEC though. He was an ACC guy at Miami. Not quite the same level of competition as what. Gavin Dugas or um, Dylan Cruz or even Andrew Pinkney at Alabama may be faced. And so he's handled his own really well. I'm fired up to see it. Yeah, I mean, I think we didn't get a chance to really see him show off his skills at the plate. But
2: like you said, with the glove there on Saturday, very obvious that he could play third base if you need him to. He can stick over there. We'll see You know, him and Brady House now being the top third baseman in the organization, but just a spectacular place to get over there deep in the hole into the foul territory, almost Arenado esque going over there, getting a ball and then ripping it across the diamond. And you mentioned that double play. Those are the sorts of plays that you can't really teach, you know, come up, feel the ball, tag the guy, throw it across the diamond, those sort of things fun to watch. And like you said, his size is very noticeable. He's not your average corner infielder like seeing him you immediately think of a corner outfield spot for a guy that hits for a lot of power and probably doesn't move real well but for his size he can get around so I'm interested to see how exactly he develops but I mean it's pretty obvious we didn't get to see the bat do a you know too too much but I mean you can just tell by his size that dude's got a lot of pop
1: yeah and that's why he was supposed to have gone in the first round remember it's not like he's some random guy no one had heard of Going into the draft, I mean, just to give you a comp like uh, or not a comp, but, you know, my own um, anecdote when I was prepping for our first round draft coverage on MLB Network Radio, he was ranked number 20 overall in the top 100 and eventually the top 250 that MLB Pipeline put out. And so when I was doing my hitters, he was like the fifth guy that I put together a, a preview for expecting somewhere in the middle of the first round then I would have to go to my notes and pull them up and talk about yo-yo. And it ended up that he didn't get picked till 40 when the Nats were on the clock with their second selection. And I think a lot of people were stunned that he was there. He's got good bloodlines. His son of a former Cuban national team member, Andy Morales who actually played in the Yankees and Red Sox systems. Um, He was, you know, it's a long track record of a success where he was one of the better players in high school at Florida uh, as a prep player, a couple of years with team USA early on in his high school career and then big-time numbers at Miami. But there is some concern, I suppose, about the swing and the swing and miss, uh, which maybe hindered him. Uh, l- let's talk Andrew Pinkney then, who is the 22-year-old from Alabama. Uh, he's really interesting. So he was not nearly as regarded a prospect. He was ranked 216 in that same top 250 from Pipeline where Morales was 20. Pinkney is very athletic and toolsy, though. He looks the part, doesn't he? 6'3", 215. Mm -hmm. He ended up going 102 overall in the fourth round by the Nats. I think maybe a little early than people may have expected. But they really liked him and and were high on some of the tools. Uh, And and he's got kind of the traits to me that make him look like a top three or four round guy. Um, Helped himself a lot, I think, with how he performed against some top competition this year. He had a game against Paul Skeens in April where he went three for three with a home run. I think that can be pretty telling if the right person's there. I'm not sure if the Nats had people at the game beyond, you know, what they normally would have at an LSU game, but I think that probably helped him. But the right-handed swing is it's, it's electric. It's fast. He's got quick wrists. Uh, He's speedy, 43 steals and 49 uh, attempts in in college. Uh, And, He was just named the Carolina League Player of the Week today because he went 10-for-20 at the plate in Fredericksburg this week. He's actually 12 for his first 24 offensively in the minor leagues. That is, I'm not good at math, a five hundred average with four doubles. And in the same game that Dylan Cruz hit his first home run we've been talking about on Sunday, Pinkney did as well. So he's now got two steals with 12 hits in his first handful of games, hitting five hundred as a pro. And again, we talked about the SEC getting you ready for a ball. I mean, you are beyond prepared, but this has been an incredible first week and a half. He's making some noise. Yeah. And we'll see what,
2: you know, when he gets moved up and see how he does when he faces some more elite pitching. But, you know, I think this just shows that with the SEC preparing you, I think, like you said, it's maybe more on par with an A plus ball. He's obviously tearing it up in a ball. But like you said, too, he looks the part when he stands next to Dylan Cruz. I mentioned this to Ryan when, you know, they're playing the national anthem and all the outfielders were standing next to each other. He's well over Dylan Cruz. Like he's much taller. He's much bigger. Not to say that Dylan Cruz is small, but Andrew Pinkney's a big guy. And so he's got a little bit of everything and who knows what exactly he can become, but just early returns and watching him in Fredericksburg puts together good at bats. Doesn't try to do too much. He's obviously got a Homer swing like you saw on Sunday, but in the game we saw on Saturday, just line drives up the middle, taking the pitches where they're pitched. And I really like, you know what he's shown so far, obviously how can you not a guy hitting 500? So we'll see. I mean, I think that he's got the tools. I don't know that his ceilings all that high because you know, this is a guy that wasn't the most highly regarded, but I think that he's got everything you need to maybe be a a utility guy in the outfield, a fourth outfield type, but I mean, early returns show you that this guy could be something for this organization going forward.
0: to unleash the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team
1: yeah all right let's talk about another guy that got some accolades in the uh minors for the Nats this past week and that would be trey lipscomb who was on uh the mlb pipeline hot sheet rep now you can put him the question is what position you put him at because he's played everywhere this past week I love and even played shortstop right I don't mean where do the Nats play him as much as where do you put him on the hot sheet. But he's traditionally a third baseman. He's played short, second, and first year recently at the AA level. You're right. I love that versatility. But Trey Lipscomb, who was a third-round pick last year, kind of similar to the fourth-rounder Pinkney we were just talking about, out of the SEC at Tennessee. He's a year older. He's 23 years old, 6'2", 200. I mean, he has really hit the ball since being drafted in this organization. But he's been bumped up here 10 games now at AA. He's got hits in eight of them. And, in fact, I was just looking this up. In his last nine games, he's got double-digit hits seven times. Uh, Not double-digit. That would be impressive. As Kenny Maine would say, that would be a record. Uh, He's got multiple hits is what I meant to say. Two or more hits in seven of those nine games. So just rapid fire. Two for five, two for five, 0 for three, two for four, four for five, three for four, four for five, 0 for four, three for five. So in his last five games – he has four, three, four, and three hits. Four of those five games, at least three hits at double-A, just having gotten there. That's nuts.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's a call away from the majors and is doing this sort of stuff. I mean, this isn't like he's doing this down in A-ball. As much as we want to get fired up for Pinkney, he's still an A-ball. He's not going to get called up anytime soon, and I don't know what the timeline would be for a guy like Libscom but keep doing this and you'll find yourself up there. It's been impressive seeing him do what he's done since he's gotten up to double a. And, you know, we talk about him a little bit. We talk about Dalen Lyle, but these are kind of guys that just, they don't get talked about a whole lot. When we talk about these other prospects because of how much, you know, hype is around those other guys, but Lipscomb has just been fantastic this season. Every single level he's gone to he's hit. And now you're seeing it at a, the level that probably you, you expected the little bit of challenge and he hasn't been challenged at all. Like you mentioned a couple four hit games in there. It's been fantastic to see what he can do and hopefully he can continue doing it. Cause I think the nationals could use a guy that can play all four infield positions. It's, I mean, it, his thing might be, you know, we'll see about what happens with Luis Garcia, him being a right-handed bat. Maybe they could look there. There's no clear first base prospect. In the organization. And if he can play first base, he could find himself a spot pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I mean, look, in a best case scenario, if everything were to work out perfectly, you know, maybe Morales kicks over and can play first and Lipscomb plays second in the event that Garcia doesn't figure it out. If Garcia ends up being a really good second baseman, you know, maybe you could move uh, Lipscomb to you know, a corner outfield or have him play all over the place and get regular at-bats and have him DH some if need be. I mean, they'll figure it out. The fact is all these guys aren't going to end up being major leaguers, let alone really good ones. So Mm -hmm. we could sit here and say House at third, Abrams at short, you know, Garcia at second. We'll see. Uh, A couple of them are going to end up being good major leaguers. A couple of them may never even get there, and a couple of them will get there. disappoint, you know, based on the numbers, but you you just love the, the quiet progress. Of some of the guys in this system. You know, Lipscomb last year hit 300 with a 719 ops and 23 games at Fredericksburg after getting drafted. This year he started at A-plus ball and was okay, didn't really light it up, and then they moved him to A and he's been unbelievable. This is why I always say, by the way, I've had some people hit me up um, on Twitter and ask me, like, why do you want that guy moved out of Wilmington? He's not killing the ball or he's not dominating. And my point is, like, how difficult an affiliate is for a hitter matters too. I don't want their hitters being in Wilmington that long. You know, he hit 250 and and had an OPS uh, in the mid 700s at Wilmington. Like that, I'm impressed enough by that, right? That that's fine. Show me that you can handle the everyday element of making adjustments and figure some things out, and let's keep it moving. Now in Double A, a more hitter-friendly home ballpark and league. 333 average, 860 ops in 46 games. Uh, He's going to strike out like that's definitely a thing. He's got 76 strikeouts this year and just 20 walks. But if more power comes instead of just being a doubles guy and it becomes, you know, 20 to 24 homers or something, I think he's probably 50 hit 50 power guy. But if he could hit 20 home runs annually and hit for a little bit of average, you got yourself a really good ball player and a huge steal in the third round. And, and that's, I think what you're looking for after years of talking about the draft and how much the Nats have struggled. and how they're the worst team in baseball by far statistically at developing bats over the last several years. Now, all of a sudden you look at it and you go, okay, well maybe Lipscomb becomes become something a Brady house looks like he's on his way. Uh, perhaps, you know, Dylan Cruz is going to be a stud, but perhaps you got another guy, whether it's Morales or Pinckney in that draft as well. So you, you can hope a little bit, on well, that. And it just takes a couple of
2: guys to change that whole narrative. You know, you have a couple guys come up and tear the cover off the ball once they get to the majors. All of a sudden, your stats look better in that, you know, piece that Baseball America put together. The Nationals right. haven't had any guys do that. So, obviously, all their stats look terrible. But, you know, seeing multiple guys, Grant, now that you can talk about this, you're going through, and we've talked about four and five and six guys in the majors that are having good weeks, having good seasons overall. That's something that hasn't been the case for the Nationals. So things are trending up.
1: Uh, Real quick, I did want to update on Luis Garcia. We talked about the demotion on the last pod. The 23-year-old left-handed hitting second baseman is at AAA Rochester. He is six for his first 18 in the minor league. So hitting a cool 333 this week after being sent down four singles and a couple of doubles. So you want him to do some damage and drive the baseball. But uh, you said this, and it kind of made me chuckle because it's so true. Like, he's always hit in the minors. I mean, it's never really been an issue. So I, I don't know, you know, if the results are the most important thing to look at or the things that we're not going to be able to track, which is whatever was annoying them about his process needs to improve. And, and we'll see when they deem that that is the case. Uh, final thoughts for you, Toby, before we get out of here. Yeah, I mean, just it, it's an encouraging sign to
2: see the big league ball club playing so well. And then to look down on the farm and guys are producing there all around. So, you know, just looking at the nationals coming into this season, there were a lot of question marks about the future and it needed to be CJ Abrams answering the bell, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, the guys in the minors. And so far in terms of all that, the Nats are batting well over 500 and these guys improving really, you can only think of maybe one or two guys that have disappointed overall. I think of, You know, maybe you'd like to see a little more out of K-Bert. Maybe you would have liked to have seen Robert Hassel take the next step. But overall, I mean, Wood's up. House is up. Dylan Cruz is a part of the organization.
1: A lot of things to be happy about if you're a Nationals fan. We got a couple of comments that I do want to read on the next pod. But if you want to get your shout-out, if you want to be one of the comments we're reading, you can drop a question there as well, and we'll answer it for you. We will be doing that later this week on Bustin' Loose Baseball. For producer Darius, who you heard from earlier in this podcast, and Toby Altizer, I'm Grant Paulson saying so long and thanks very much. Until we speak again this week, enjoy Nats Baseball.